0: From uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Bros, and this is Week 17. We are joined by my three playoff-bound co-hosts. Emmanuel Sanders of the twelve and four NFC South champion
1: New Orleans Saints. After we lost the Super Bowl last year, I walked in the room. My wife thought I was gonna be pissed, and I was like, I was in a good mood. And, and she goes, "What's wrong with you? Like, I thought you would be upset." I said, "I guess Pat, uh, God loves Patrick Mahomes more than He loves us." <laughs> Eric Ebron of the
0: twelve and four AFC champion Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: I got, I got a little am Not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I had this bad quad contusion from the Indy game too, so that got the heal up a little bit (laughs) I'm all for it this week and Jamal Adams of the 12 and 4 NFC West champion Seattle Seahawks
3: that's what you are dreaming about you know I've been playing this game since age three and man I can only imagine just having that confetti fall on me you know pops already got him one so I'm just trying to experience the same feeling he had and bring it back to the family
0: before we get to this episode quick timeout 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at 17 Weeks Pod for more content from the guys. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. And remember, even though this is our season finale, you can always go back and binge listen to our past shows anytime. All right, let's get to this week's episode. It's time for The Breakdown. After 256 games, the NFL's most difficult regular season has come to a close. This year, for the first time, 14 teams make up the playoff field and will compete for a chance to win Super Bowl 55 February 7th in Tampa. AFC first seed Kansas City and NFC first seed Green Bay earn first-round buys. Among those still alive are all three of our guys' teams. Pittsburgh, the AFC's third seed, rested Big Ben and several other starters and lost to Cleveland 24-22. Prior to their game against the Browns, Eric and two other Steelers were placed on the team's reserve-slash-COVID-19 list. More on that in a few. Jamal in the Seahawks, the NFC's third seed, edged the 49ers 26-23. But our favorite strong safety was forced to leave the game in the fourth quarter with a shoulder injury. More on that coming up. Meanwhile, Emmanuel Sanders in the Saints, the NFC's second seed, thrashed the Panthers 33-7. Our favorite wide receiver was busy pulling in nine receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown, but it was one catch in particular, a routine sliding grab in the third quarter that caused elation on the Saints' sideline. Breeze, fake, throw, and it is caught for the touchdown by Sanders.
1: Uh, you know, going into the game, I needed eight catches to get, get that 500K incentive, and you know? uh, like, I didn't even tell... I really didn't tell nobody. I had hinted it to my coach, like, probably on Wednesday. And all of a sudden, that thing just, like, ran. Like, it became like a buzzfeed. Like, we were at practice on Thursday, and my coach calls over Sean Payne, He's like, hey, he needs eight catches. I'm like, no, like, I don't care, like, about the money. Like, I don't care. I just want to go and win the game. And then Sean Payne, he looks at me. He goes, we're going to get those eight catches. And I was like, okay, let's do it then. And so... You know, we get to the game and he, he starts to feed me. He starts incorporating little plays to give me the ball. And I was able to get those eight catches uh and, and kind of get that incentive. And, you know, I was excited about that. But I think I was more excited about the win. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, like after I saw the Green Bay score, I kind of went down a little bit, but then back up because it's like we weren't in control of it. And so it's one of them situations that now, like the playoff picture is clear. uh We know where we stand. And, and now it's time to go to work
0: you play for a few other organizations in your career
1: do other teams handle contract incentives the way the saints do well i'm not i'm not gonna speak on other organizations but i've heard stories about certain teams not dishing out those incentives like and we've all heard those stories right where it's like uh oh such and such need like 10 more plays and the team ended up benching them because they didn't want to pay them an incentive right uh, but here, like in New Orleans, like Sean Payne, like, and that's the reason why, like, I, I, you know, all the time on this podcast, I harp on how much fun I've just been having, just being coached by him, you know, just being part of the Saints organization. And this is an organization that even my, my my wide receiver coach, Curtis Johnson, would tell me, like, when guys get close to their incentives, they want those guys to hit those incentives. Uh, because if you're hitting your incentives, then that means that you did your job and you did what you're supposed to do. And so uh, it's kind of a, a reward uh, from the team. And so, like I said, when Sean Payton said he was going to give me eight catches, eight catches is just not a normal day, you know, for, for, for most people. That's damn near 10 to 12 targets. And so, so for him to say that, uh, you know, it, it, it was pretty cool to hear. Emmanuel, as you reflect back on this season, how would you grade your performance? I grade my performance probably a B B plus and that's just that's just me like I I just feel like like I didn't have a thousand yard season and I feel like I let some opportunities go I don't know like I'm just hard on myself right other people would say yeah like yeah you came in number two receiver 700 yards 800 I just I've had 1400 yard seasons before so but and when I'm talking about me from a personal now, as a team, I will sit back and say you definitely graded as an A. As a teammate, I grade as an A. As a person, I grade as an A. To go 12 and four on a, on a, on, a, on, a, on a team and play with a legendary quarterback and a legendary coach in my 11th year in the NFL, oh, like I have no complaints. Like like literally like like, and I I know I sound like I'm blessed all the time, but I. I Like, for me, like, being blessed is, like, just just being just grateful, right? Like, I'm extremely grateful and extremely just humbled to be able to even, like, do this, what I'm doing right now, you know? And so, you know, heading into the playoffs with with, with this team, um, you know, I'm excited about what's to come, and hopefully we can win it all. Just think, one day you'll be able to look back and tell your grandkids about what it was like the year you played a full NFL season during COVID-19. I, truthfully, like... Will next season be like this as well? I I, I think so. (laughs) I think so. Like, I think like these next two years is going to be like that where we look back and I'm like at some point, I'm going to be telling somebody it's going to be 10 years and it's going to, it's going to be like 10 years in a blink of an eye. And we're going to be looking back like, bro, that seemed like it was yesterday. Dude, with no crowd noise, it is weird to score a touchdown. Like you don't hear the screams or the ohs or the os, the boos, the ah, like you don't hear none of that. So when you score, you like, did I score or did I not score? Like it's just that 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 weird like ten seconds of just silence. And so you're yeah, definitely gonna be looking back at that and telling stories of people like, like yeah, I remember I played in COVID. Like I remember I had to go up and get tested every day, right? And then I'm gonna tell somebody I had caught COVID in the middle of the season. <laughs> You've just completed your eleventh regular season in the NFL. Any thoughts on retirement? If you would have talked to me week two, I would have been like, ah man, I probably got one or two right now. Like and, and that's why that's why I love this podcast, cause you hear 17 weeks so different. Like I, I say all the time. And uh, you know, right now I feel like I'm I'm playing well, you know. Um uh, thirty-three, playing against twenty three year olds, and you know, and I feel like I'm playing well. So Uh, Who knows, you know, I was talking to my marketing guy the other day and I was pretty much telling him like, like I'll probably hang it up my next injury. Like if I keep playing at the level I'm playing at, like the next time I get hurt, that's just a big time injury. I feel like that might be my last play, right? And so uh, right now I'm just going, I'm just going to ride until the wheels fall off.
2: Just under eight minutes remaining. There's Jamal Adams who was shaken up during that last series. That's the last couple of plays.
0: Jamal, then the Seahawks' 26-23 victory over the 49ers came at a cost. The star strong safety was injured late in the game and had to leave the field. Jamal, you're 12-4 and, and won the NFC West. How do you feel about your first season in Seattle?
3: 12-4 is a great feeling, man. Golly. A lot of ups and downs through the season. Um, Team-wise, individual-wise, you know, just a lot of ups and downs, man, so... Uh, for me, you know, it was a lot of learning. Um, you know, I, I, I knew going into it that I had to learn a lot. And I'm still learning. And I'm still trying to, you know, get every little piece right. Because I'm all about the details. The small things matter to me. And, uh, man, it's been a journey. But being 12-and-4, having a 10-plus, you know, win column um, for a season is is something that you can't take for granted. Um, you know, it's it's hard to you know, get wins in this league, and um, I'm just happy to be a part of a winning organization.
0: Eric, you were prevented from playing in the game versus the Browns due to being placed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. What happened? And tell the truth. Are you happy you got some much-needed rest?
2: Yeah, crazy. So Saturday, we were getting warmed up. We were getting ready for practice, and, uh, well, this Saturday walkthrough, excuse me, um, and we were just getting ready to go through walkthrough. Um, I saw Joe getting out of his car. It was like a normal normal Saturday. Next thing you know, I see uh, our uh, trainer, head trainer come in, and he's like – I hear him say it but kind of whisper it to the head coach because I always stand by the head coach during, like, the walkthrough. And He was like, hey, you know, Joe got COVID. When he said Joe had COVID, the night before, my son's birthday is January 3rd. His son's birthday is January 4th, I believe. We got the kids together the night before – to just like hang out, to just meet each other, to, you know, play around, get out of the house before, you know, uh, their birthdays and do something. We had a cake for my son the next day. So I put on Instagram, my kids playing around because my youngest son is a terror. He is the funniest, most handsome, like, little devil he's like a little devil like a little tasmanian devil now i say devil let's say tasmanian devil so he's playing around with joe's kid they're playing tackle football both my boys and he got two sons so we both got two sons once they said joe had covid there was nothing you could do i don't i looked at my instagram it was 25,000 plus people that saw it it was over for me if it was close contact how many days it was like i was already asking for my bid like I'm going to jail. How long? <laughs> like cuz it was over, bro. It was nothing. Nothing that I could do. Um they told me 5 days. I was disappointed because I wanted to really be there for Mason. So once once I found out, once they found out I was good, you know, it was it was good. Just wait the 5 days and get ready, man. I got I got a little bye. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I had this bad quad contusion from the indie game too, so that got the heel up a little bit. <laughs> I'm all for it this week.
3: First down, Baker Mayfield.
0: For the first time in 18 years, the Cleveland Browns
1: are going to the playoffs.
0: Eric, thoughts on the game? You guys almost pulled it out without
2: Big Ben, yourself, and a number of other starters. Can you take anything away from it? You can see um, where our mistakes were happening um, as a as a viewer, as someone watching, because lately we've been having these little like these little hiccups. And as a viewer and knowing our plays and knowing what we were what we were doing, you would see like the little the little nuances that that could help us. So I took from it, man. Just bring, just come in and bring a lot of energy, bro. Like. You can tell it's been a long season. We haven't had a bye week since week four. We've been playing on this crazy schedule. You can just feel our energy just being a little bit tilted. So if we could just, if we could die slow for three weeks, we'll live forever for one. That's my, that's, that's my slogan for this year, man. It's going to be tough. Tough games, tough road, tough way to the Super Bowl. But If we could die three weeks, man, we'll live forever and immortalize that one week. Your first season in
0: Pittsburgh, you go 12-4 and and snag the third seed in the AFC. How would you describe your first season as
2: a Steeler? I kind of wanted to like write a post about this or something because I didn't get the full Pittsburgh experience, but it's still been so dope the amount of fans that appreciate you here and that love the things that you do or will do or have done um, for them. I don't see how you can never like want to be here forever bro it looks like from the moment you wake up you see like the river and you see all the bridges and stuff and you see the boats coming through and you're like this is very like hardcore this is very like mm. pissrage is just weird man it gives you like this weird vibe um that's really really good this was probably like the best overall city i've been a part of team wise it's just been fun man
0: this week on the last huddle up of the season we asked the guys to tackle the playoffs to fill us in on what it's like to fulfill their dreams of making it to the big dance to how these winner go home games are the reason they put in all the work and why they love being professional football players. Eric, Sunday night, you and the Steelers turn right around and face the Browns again for the third time in three months. In your earlier home game at Heinz Field in week six, you soundly defeated Cleveland 33 to seven. How hard is it to beat another NFL team twice in the
2: same season? I feel like playoff games are are really important to start fast because in getting my my fourth, this is my fourth playoff game and I've been a part of teams that have started really slow. And when a playoff team has your number and is winning by 10 or more points, it's not like like the Indianapolis game. We're not coming back seven for 28. We're not in the playoffs. You're not doing that. We have to figure out a way to dominate early. And if we can do that, bro, it'd be cool. It'd be a nice playoff run. Offensively, our defense going to ball. Defense wins championships. Bro, that's just, how, that's just how it is. Because you play up against some, in moments like this, you play up against some of the best teams. And these dudes have firepower on offense. And if you got firepower on defense, you know, you're good. So I think defensively will be great. Offensively, this is our time to to dominate.
0: Earlier this season, you took on LeBron James about a tweet he posted praising the Browns that caught the attention of Cleveland wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Any concerns about your tweet coming back to bite you? Nope.
2: Nah, they knock us out the playoffs. I don't, I don't see it happening, but if they do, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to them if they can knock us out, but I don't see, I don't see it happening. I don't. They really ain't even supposed to be here. We, we, we was chilling. <laughs> we was, was letting y'all in. <laughs> boys, they, boys they really want to play ball. <laughs> Let me stop.
0: Emmanuel, Sunday afternoon, you guys host the Bears at the Superdome in the rematch of the Saints' 26-23 overtime victory in Chicago week 8, a game you missed.
1: So I had COVID at the time we played against the Bears. So I ain't, I, I didn't get an opportunity to uh, to go against them. But you know we ended up winning the game. And I don't, I don't think we had Mike or myself. Uh, but that goes to say I know the media is gonna be saying they didn't have this and that. And the Bears are gonna be guaranteed and this and that and this and that and like. what I'm gonna always tell my teammates is ignore the f- ignore the noise. We can't fall into the traps of oh we supposed to win this game. We are supposed to do that. We gotta stay locked in because the previous game doesn't matter. And, and they're using that as fuel to their fire as well. Like, they beat us last time. Like, so it's the playoffs. And, like, for the fans that don't know, like, me being in uh, 11 years in the NFL, the NFL, like, they tell you all the time, like, from college to the NFL, like, the speed is different. And it is somewhat different. But when I tell you the playoffs, speed is a whole nother level of difference. It's a whole nother level of difference because – every single play guys are going balls to the wall like literally every single play like they're going it like this might be the play and so um that's why I enjoy playoff football because you really see the best of the best going to work and they know like there is there might not be no tomorrow so we're literally scrapping it out like there is no tomorrow
0: Eric, based on your experience, describe the biggest differences
2: between regular season football and playoff football. It's just the mental focus. You know, there's no do-overs in playoffs. And in the regular season, you know, the Chase Young play where I messed up and I thought we were running a different play, but we ran a play and he and he made the play. That cannot happen in playoffs. Um uh drop passes can't happen in playoffs. It's just a more mental game, more hearing the quarterback, understanding what you're doing, and doing everything the right, the right time, and Honestly, man, playoffs and football in general is just a little bit of luck, bro. Hey, we got to go out there and just bop. If you lose your ass going home, though, you just got to know that. I already saw people posting pictures and videos and shit. 70-degree weather in the pool and stuff. Not gonna lie, looks good. (laughs) But not gonna lie. (laughs) But nah, this this is like a chance in a lifetime, man. This is dope.
0: Emmanuel. How different is your mindset going into a playoff game versus going into a regular season
1: game? As a team, we have to try to keep things as normal as possible, but at the same time with a little bit more sense of urgency than, 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 than most, right? With a lot more, with a little bit more focus, but don't let that focus turn into anxiety, right? And so it's a balance between the two that you have to that you have to find. And, and this is why I tell people all the time, the same things that you're going through, other people are going through as well, and they have those same fears. Everybody's scared to lose. Everybody don't want their season to be over. Everybody's going through the same thing. So who's going to handle it the best will be the team that wins it at the end. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to, to tomorrow, to getting into work and um, keeping the energy light and having fun, but still working and grinding it out. You know, uh, to get to Sunday.
0: Jamal, tell us about your frame of mind going into Saturday's game against the Rams, which is your first playoff game.
3: Man, going against the Rams, round three. I have so much respect for these guys. Um, you know, Coach Sean McVay does a hell of a job of, as far as preparing his guys and getting his guys, you know, amped up for the games and whatnot. He's a well-coached guy. Um, he's all about fundamentals. And one thing I take away from him and, and I respect a lot about him is he sticks to his script. Uh, he believes in what he does, and he doesn't care if you know. You just gotta stop it, and I, and I, and I you know, I can respect that, that mentality. You know what I mean? That attitude. Um, he believes in himself, and that, and that's what matters. He believes in his group of guys that he goes to work with each and every day. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be prepared. We gotta be, we gotta come out ready. Uh, we know what type of challenge, we know what type of game this is gonna be, um, because it's gonna be, it's gonna be all four quarters. And we're looking forward to it.
0: Not that the Rams aren't facing the same dilemma, but how difficult is it to play the same team three times?
3: Yeah, it's different, man. Um, somebody asked me this, you know, the other day, um, how does that feel? And, um, yeah, you know, obviously they always say it's, it's tough to beat a team twice. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's the, this is round three. So we're all, we're both even. They beat us, we beat them. Um, you know, just the battle of the battles. Um, you know, and it just so happens to be the first playoff game, uh, you know, for, for both teams. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, obviously, we wish the fans were there, you know, different circumstances. And uh, we're just looking forward to the matchup.
0: Emmanuel, with zero or limited fan attendance allowed, do you think any edge due to home field advantage will
1: be possible this year? Is there really home field advantage during COVID? So it's really going to be based off the X's and O's because, you know, I said previously as well, like when you score a touchdown, you really don't hear a crowd noise. You don't, the crowd isn't a factor. And uh yeah, there's no weather conditions, that's a factor in the Superdome as well. So like green Bay, they have their weather. So that that's, they kind of have a little bit of advantage, right? Any team that comes here, they're happy. Like if I'm, if I'm Denver or if I'm coming from some cold weather, I'm saying, Oh yeah, I'm about to go play football in a dome. Like I would want that. So is it really our advantage to have I don't. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like, the game comes down to the X's and O's. And we have to go out and execute. And that that's all that matters. Like, the best team is going to win. Like, I, I'm the type, like, I'll be so deep in my head and so deep in my thoughts, like, like, somebody would come and tell me, dude, the crowd was rocking. Did you hear how loud the crowd was? And I was like, dude, I was just so locked in on, like, my assignment and my technique, and, like, I don't even pay attention to the crowd. Like, they're not even a factor. But, like, the crowd can shift the energy and the momentum as well, right? You hear the crowd, and it's like, all right, like, like all right, they're bringing the energy, or or you look forward to making that catch. Like, I, I enjoy making those catches, those third-down catches and getting up, spinning the ball, and pointing, in the crowd's just screaming and jumping, Right. Like, those those are the times that, you know, I enjoy it. Or, or when you're on the road and you make a catch in the crowds, they go, oh, oh. I love making them say, oh.
0: <laughs> Jamal, how much are you guys going to miss the home field advantage the 12s usually deliver at playoff time?
3: Yeah, the 12s are everything from what I hear. You know what I mean? And, and But, you know, just fans alone, right, as a defense, you know, you want your fans loud, especially around this time, playoff time. To where we can get that advantage, to where the offense can't hear, or whatever the case may be. Just bringing the energy and the juice. But you know, the good thing about it is, you know, we have a lot of juice on our sideline. We always, you know, want to bring the juice. Um, whoever it is making plays, um, you know, the guys on the sideline hyping us up. We got a khaki crew, so you know, everybody's just staying in it, staying in the moment. You know, because we, we, we're all we, we're all we got and we're all we need. So. That's our motto, and that's what we live by.
0: Have you talked to any veteran teammates about what the playoffs are going to be like?
3: No, nah, not really, because, you know, obviously, you know, there's no fans, so there's not really too much to ask about. You know, I just know that your job is, is you know, if you studied for six hours, you know, during the week uh, of a regular season, um, you got to st- study more. You got to study 12, you know what I mean? So whatever you're doing, you got to put the extra e- effort in um, you know, just, just to come out on top because it's when to go home. It's not when, when and, 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 you know, correct your mistakes. You know what I mean? So you got, you got to be on it. Um, we're looking forward to it. Um, so it's going down, man. Can't wait. Jamal, do you tackle
0: film study or practice any differently in prepping for a playoff game?
3: Absolutely not. You know, you, you, stick, to, you stick to what you know. You stick to the script. But like I said, you just put it in more hours and more time. And, and, you know, more meetings or whatever the case may be. Um, just honing on to the little details because, you know, in this moment, everything matters.
0: Emmanuel, the Saints are the fourth organization you've made the postseason with. You have a ton of playoff experience. What kind of advantage is that
1: for you? I've, I already know how what's what's going to happen. I already know how like the bracket shifts. I, I, I pretty much know everything in terms of what to expect of it. Right. And so you know, when I was young, I didn't, I didn't really know too much, but like when you have playoff experience, like I'm going to tell young guys, like there is no plays off. Like if I'm a receiver and Alvin Kamara running to the right and I'm, I'm lined up on the left side of the formation, there is no, Oh, I'm going to jog. I'm going to jog and just let him run. All right. Like nah, I'm going to f- sprint full speed and get on this cornerback because I never know if Alvin Kamara breaks this tackle my block might be the difference of taking it 80 yards and taking it 20 yards to 30 yards, right? And, and that's that's the mentality. And you want to have that mentality a whole regular season, but I mean, it's hard, right? But the playoffs, every play matters. And I remember a coach once told me just about just a football game in general. He goes, if you look at a football game, there's 60 to 70 plays played in a football game, but there's only four or five plays that determine the outcome of every single game. And that, that's how I feel when I enter the playoffs. Like, the, you never know when those four or five plays are coming. So go hard every play and hope that the, that, that, that's, that energy that you bring is the difference between a win and a loss. Eric, does playoff experience matter? It
2: does. 100%. Remember the first playoff game I played in was in Detroit. So my first year, I'm a rookie going to the playoffs, and I didn't understand that people was like, you know, all right, Rook, all right, we know you're tired, long season, you know, but this the playoffs. This a whole nother season. I'm like, whole other season? <laughs> whole nother one? <laughs> I can't do another one, but it's literally a whole nother season. They come out there playing for blood, like there's there's something to actually, to contend for. You want to be known, you want to be talked about in football, you want to be, you know, you want people to know who you are, you know what I'm saying? Playoff football, that's where everybody make their name. Pat Mahomes became the face of the NFL last year, off of playoff football. Emmanuel,
0: you were on the Niners team that lost last season's Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Sometimes the ball just bounces the other way, and it simply isn't your day. How much of it do you think is just
1: luck? After we lost the Super Bowl last year, I walked in the room. My wife thought I was gonna be pissed, and and I was like, I was in a good mood, and, and she goes, "What's wrong with you? Like, I thought you would be upset." I said, "I guess Pat, uh, God loves Patrick Mahomes more than He loves us." <laughs> hey, hey, that's hey, that's that, that's just how it played out, right? And so, I firmly believe that if it's if it's if it's part of the destiny, it's part of the destiny. Then you got to put it in the work. But if the ball don't bounce your way, it is what it is. And, I just hope that, you know, God recognizes that it's time for the Saints. Like, they've had a couple bad bounces, like, the past, like, three or four years, right? And so uh, I, hope, I hope we can get paid back, you know, for those bad bounces and the ball start bouncing that way now.
0: Drew Brees is about to turn 42. It's expected that he may retire and move into the broadcast booth following this playoff
1: run. So is this your QB's last hurrah? So if this is the last who ride, this is the last who ride, hopefully it can be like one of them Peyton Manning moments. And, you know, right before the confetti falls, hopefully I'll be sitting next to him and, and just saying, soak it all in, man, soak it all in. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that time sitting next to Peyton, knowing that that was, his last, that was his last moment and the confetti was getting ready to fall. And he was riding out into the sunset.
0: Emmanuel, what are your best and worst playoff memories?
1: Well, it's probably beating Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. Uh, in in fifteen, like that was like the Super Bowl to me. Like literally, like that game came down to the wire. We ended up winning, and I just remember me and Demaryius Thomas playing and confetti falling. No, we going to the Super Bowl, and it was just it was just great. Now, my worst playoff memory, speaking of Demaryius Thomas, was in two thousand twelve. Uh, when I was with the Steelers and we played against the Broncos and and it was overtime, Tim Tebow to Demaryius Thomas taking it took it all the way to the house. <laughs> now that was one of the worst because it was like I couldn't believe they had just changed the rule that the first person scores like wins. And so I'm sitting on the sideline, I'm like getting ready, and everybody's like, "Game's over." I'm like, "How is the game over?" And so that was that was definitely my, the worst one. Like literally, like walk off home run.
0: Eric, how about you? Do you have a favorite playoff
2: memory? When I was with Andrew that 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 year, two years ago, we went to down to Houston, and we knew like me and T. Y. Hilton had to have big games in order for us to to beat the Texans, and we went off from the first quarter on. I had should have had two touchdowns in one game. I think it would have it would have put me in like this crazy little uh, category for what I was doing that year, and um. Eric Reed, I'll never forget. Eric Reed hit me so hard. It was a seam route. I caught it. I literally had it turned. And as I'm looking, he's flying into my soul and destroyed me. Like the ball in the air, trying to j- ah, trying to catch it. <laughs> he destroyed me. But he ended up going out that game. I stayed in that game. So I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit. You know? I'll take it. Eric, what do you think winning the Lombardi trophy would mean to you? On a year like this one, man, to probably the toughest football year of my life, it would mean everything, bro. it mean everything. I wasn't with my family. It was tough. I was in Pittsburgh by myself, trying to figure out a new offense, trying to fit in, trying to, you know, trying to be a part of something. It was it mean a lot. In my mind, every team that has went to the Super Bowl the last three to four years have all had dominant tight ends on both sides of the football. So for me, it's what can I do to dominate so that we as a football team can have have that 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 run. Um, and I just feel like it's no pressure on me, but how can I you know help my teammates? And that's really how I'm going to try to approach the playoffs, bro. Is how how can I, you know, be the best overall, me blocking, catching, whatever, um, to help them out. So it'd be cool.
0: Emmanuel, just how bad do players want to win that Lombardi trophy?
1: You worked all year to get to this point. Like literally, like I woke up this morning and I was thinking about like all the workouts that I put in, like I'm working from eight o'clock to 12 o'clock every day, going through pain. Going through stress, anxiety, going through so much to get to this moment. Like you telling me, if I win three games, I get to go to the Super Bowl. Three games on a team that literally just strung off nine games in a row. If we win three games, you get to Super Bowl. We win four, we crown Super Bowl champions, and they could never take that away from us for the rest of our lives. Like that—that's the pinnacle of football. Like every year, every team they start the NFL season off, and then everybody seeing it. We want to win the Super Bowl. Like that's
0: the ultimate goal. Jamal, how about it? Just how badly do players want to win the
3: Lombardi? Oh man, it's a dream come true. You know what I mean? That that that's that's what you're dreaming about. You know, I've been playing this game since age three, and man, I can only imagine just having that confetti fall on me, and, and you know, just seeing my family and and everybody, you know, just around my loved ones. Um, that that means so much to me, and just doing it not only for myself. But doing it for them You know what I mean And you know Pop's already got him one So I'm just trying to Experience the same Feeling he had And bring it back To the family
0: So I feel like There's five things That motivate players Money That's one The individual accolades Pro Bowls That's two There's the love of the game The guys that just Want to go out there And do it that's three. And then there's, oh, you're about to lose your job. You are about to get cut. Or there's a dude behind you that's about to take your position. That's four. And then the last thing is that Lombardi trophy. And it's so elusive. I played 11 years. I never got close. Yeah, I made it to the playoffs. I was a game away one season. But I never actually played in the big game. I've never felt what it's like to win a team championship on a grand scale. It's like the one thing I wish I did. It's a bucket list item I know I can never achieve, which is sad. I wanted a ring to validate all the work I put in. If I were to come home every day and open up my jewelry box and see a Super Bowl ring staring back at me, I wouldn't feel bad about the scars that I have all over my body from my ankles, my knee surgeries, to my elbow and ribs, broken nose, separated shoulders. I wouldn't feel bad about any of those things. It's the ultimate validation, man. Constantly, people will come on my show, guys that play, and they're like, oh, man, Nate, you doing it, bro. I see you out here on every channel. I hear your voice everywhere. Man, you killing it. I'm telling you, man, damn, man, I wish I was in your seat. And I look back at them like, bro, I wish I had a ring. <laughs> it's all relative, right? And the great thing is, I get to live vicariously through my friends. When I got a friend that plays well, And he makes it to a Super Bowl and gets that ring. It's like I'm living vicariously through him. So to all you youngins out there, if you get close, man, don't take it for granted. Take advantage, man. Take advantage. Before we wrap this final episode, it's time for Quick Outs. We polled our guys for their picks for the regular season standout performers. Emmanuel, who gets your vote for MVP?
1: Most valuable player Aaron Rodgers. The guy is just, just unbelievable, dude. Just um, just unreal. Like, I remember when we lost to him in 2010, and I remember Mike Tomlin showing some highlights of him prior to us playing with So I said, who the hell is this guy? Like, literally, like so much swagger, the flick of the finger, not even the flick of the wrist, the flick of the finger. And throwing dimes, and he's back to that. Like, like I'm like on some Stephen A. Aaron Rodgers is a bad boy. Like, hands down, unanimous vote. Like Aaron Rodgers.
0: Eric, who's your choice for the most valuable player? Aaron Rodgers.
2: Look, I don't play with some good quarterback. I don't play with Stafford. Big Ben was probably my favorite quarterback watching growing up, but I've always had this love for Aaron Rodgers, and to continuously watch him do what he do with without draft picks and the offensive position is
0: nuts. Who do you like for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Emmanuel?
1: I'm gonna have to give that to Justin Jefferson. He, he's a great player. And yeah, like we all know, like Minnesota passes the ball, like, yeah, the blah blah, 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 I mean, this kid is just, he broke the, the rookie receiver record, right? And so just an un- incredible year. How about you, Eric?
2: Who do you like for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Offensive Rookie of the Year, Justin Herbert. 100%. Now, 1,400 yards at wide receiver. That's tough. As a rookie, too, he had to fill the shoes of who's receiving leading now in Stefan Diggs. So that's a hell of a rookie season. Jamal, who gets your vote for offensive rookie of the year?
3: Offensive rookie of the year, you got to give it to, uh, you know, a little bro, Justin Jefferson. He balling, you know, straight out the boot, man. He been he been killing it, uh, man. Keep doing your thing, boy. I'm watching from afar for sure.
0: How about comeback player of the year, Emmanuel? Uh, Alex Smith.
1: That's that's unanimous. That's unanimous. I met Alex a few times, man. Good dude. I remember, uh I was gonna play with Alex in, in Kansas City, but then I uh, I ended up choosing uh, Denver. We paid. Man, Alex is he a good dude, man. Got got great charisma, got swag to him. I'm just happy for him. Like when the situation happened, I was like, man, like, damn, Alex like, what are you what are you doing? Like, would I hang it up? And the fact that this guy has come back and just showed like his tenacity and his will and it's just an amazing story.
0: Jamal, who's your comeback player of the year?
3: Man, my comeback player of the year would have to be uh, man, what Alex Smith did was 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 pretty cool, man. I I will say you know, not too many people, you know, got that mindset to come back and, and do what he do. Um, and, and, and you know, continue playing ball. A lot of people would have hung it up. So just through the little adversity I faced, nothing near as close as what he faced. Um, and what he's been through, you can put your mind to something, man, and you, you want it that bad. When you fix your jaw, you're going to get it done. So I salute him, man. I, you know, I hope he, hopefully he pulls that out. But if not, man, he doesn't even need a reward. He know, he knows he's, 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 He's a hero for what he did. You know what I mean? So a lot of respect goes out to him.
0: Eric, how about defensive
2: rookie of the year?
3: Chase Young. I played against him. I know.
2: <laughs> I give it to him. I'll give it to him. Ain't nobody, ain't no real rookie ever like been been like, ah, like it's been, it's been all everybody's always talked about Chase Young. So yeah, you, you gotta give it to him. Jamal, defensive rookie of the year.
3: Man, you gotta, you, you gotta go probably Chase Young. Oh, man. I mean, he's killing it. He's killing in the game, man. He's, he's, he's the next one up. You know, he's, he's, he's been doing his thing and I like his leadership. I like, I like where his mindset is. You know, you can tell really early on, you know, the people that love ball and he loves what he does. You know, he, he's, he's not in it for the money. You can tell that. Um, you know, he's just in it, you know, to win it. And I respect that. He's a hell of a competitor. Um, and you know, man, a lot of respect goes out to bro.
0: As this season of seventeen weeks comes to a close, our guys wanted to leave a final message to all the listeners out there. Jamal, take it away.
3: Man, what a what a what a journey! God is good; He's always good, all the time. Um, I appreciate y'all, you know, sticking with me, listening to the podcast, li- listening to the gems that I give you, and uh, you know, that's what it's about. You know, just keep elevating, keep getting better with life. Always strive to be, you know, better than you was. You know, yesterday or a month ago or a year ago, whatever the case may be, keep going, keep striving. Keep God first. Love on your loved ones because it's tough times out here, man. You just never know. Life's so short. Man, just be blessed, man. Just continue to stay safe due to COVID and, you know, sooner or later, hopefully things get back to normal. But keep sticking around. Keep your head up high, whatever you're going through. Keep fighting any obstacle uh, because you can beat anything you put your mind to. You can, be, you can beat all the odds. It doesn't matter. Just keep your head down and keep grinding. But, you know, much love to you guys for supporting me, supporting the, the other two guys as well on the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Nate as well. Man, it, it's been big time, man. So I appreciate everything you guys blessed me with and giving me the opportunity, man. So hopefully we're doing this again next year. And if we are, it's going down. Rez is up.
0: Eric, you always have something interesting on your mind any final thoughts for your fans i
2: appreciate everybody it's been a fun journey you know appreciate y'all sticking through us throughout my bs when we was 11 and 0 got my reality check and y'all still stuck with me <laughs> so appreciate it man and hopefully hopefully we do th- big things here in pittsburgh and you know this is my first rodeo here this is obviously one of the best winning organizations um in the history of our game so we look forward to seeing you guys at the top and hopefully, you know, I'll do something with you guys again soon, man. This was dope. And last
1: but surely not least, Emmanuel,
2: the mic is yours.
1: Yeah, I just want to uh, thank Uninterrupted for the opportunity. I want to thank y'all for the opportunity as well. And thank man, I want to thank the fans as well for tuning in week in and week out to hear, you know, what, what we have to say. And um, I think that what Uninterrupted is doing with this 17 weeks, I think this is, amazing Uh, because like I said you get to see 17 weeks of different emotions and different things and uh, I've enjoyed my time I I, it's crazy because I I I don't enjoy the setting up my computer and being in my house like I don't enjoy that but like once I start talking like then uh, it it becomes fun right because like you get to tell uh, uh, your side of the story and I think that's that's the, the coolest thing about social media and the podcast and all this stuff is I remember like 10 years ago when I first got in the NFL, the media controlled the narrative. And now like with the podcast and Instagram, like the player gets to control of the narrative and you get to understand where the, the player's perspective and where they're coming from and get more insight in the game. So I think that this is just amazing uh, for the fans and just for the game and just, just for, just for sports in, in general.
0: That's it for this season of 17 weeks. Special thanks to you, our loyal listeners. We hope that you enjoyed this wild ride of a season. If you haven't heard it lately, we appreciate you for giving us your time, your energy, and your ears. We wouldn't be here without you. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted, SiriusXM, and Pandora. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which I know you do, Every person that listens says that they love it. So keep it real fam. Spread the love. Share the show. You feel me? I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co hosts Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. The show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Castrodale Editing and sound design by Chris Weatherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitchis, Senior Director, Podcast Production at XM. Andy King, Director, Sports Programming at XM. It's written by John McLaughlin. Archival sound courtesy of the NFL Network. You might have heard my voice, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. But trust me when I say, there's a whole team behind us that make this thing sound real good. So I thank them. All right. Till next season. We
3: are!